1: I think I did, just did a better job of get my teammates involved. Uh, I know when they feel comfortable on the basketball floor, it, it gives us a better chance to win at the end of the game. I think they're ready to take the shots. They're down and ready. They feel comfortable behind the three and get into the lane. and uh, That's what we saw from Josh Hart, Contavious, uh, Kyle Pope, and Kuz is always going to score the basketball, so that's what it's
3: Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where in a week full of Kings, the Lakers ironically missed the only one that truly matters to them and to the league. And while it's been a a bit of an up-and-down affair to to close out 2018, they still managed to gut a win out versus the defending world champion Warriors last week and avenge a buzzer-beating loss to the Kings earlier in this week with a grinded-out win against them at home last night. So, a LeBron-led team has finally won a game without LeBron after 13 or so straight losses. Lakers probably should have had at least two wins or so, but we're not complaining at this point. Um, here we are. It's pretty much 2019. We're, we're recording this on, the, on New Year's Eve, pretty much. Um, the Lakers are 21-16 and 16 and have faced what seems like several different versions of adversity in the first half of their season. This latest test obviously being the most challenging, but also potentially the most growth inducing. Um, I'm joined once again. Well, not once again, because he's been out for like the last, I don't know, month and a half or so. Um, <laughs> but we bring back today co-host Alan Riley. Welcome back, my friend. It's been a hot minute. I think the last time you were on, Tyson Chandler hadn't even played a single game for the Lakers yet. No way. Yeah. Rajan Rondo was fully healthy and then he was out for a month and now he's out again. So welcome back.
2: <laughs> well, that all sounds the same. So <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate the warm welcome sure. on this cold day.
3: It, it is I mean, it's legitimately cold in LA. You know, it's like 40 degrees for us. That's that's that frigid.
2: Is freezing. That's that's nippy.
3: That's Lakers free throw shooting cold. Ay-oh. Hey. <laughs> <Ay-oh.
2: laughs>
3: um, needless to say much has happened, but first, how's everything been going and how is your Christmas? Merry belated Christmas by the way.
2: Merry belated Christmas to you too. Uh everything is good, man. Just uh Pretty busy, pretty, pretty hectic, which is why I haven't been on in, in forever. But um, yeah, dude, <clears throat> the Lakers playing pretty well for the first time in the fall is something that hasn't happened to us in a while. So that definitely uh helps balance our chaotic lives a little bit. So that's nice. But yeah, Christmas was good. Excited for New Year's, all that kind of
3: stuff. Awesome. Did you get any good... What's your best Christmas present this year?
2: Ooh, um... I got this, like, foot massager thing, mm. and I've always wanted one, right? But the crazy ones from, like, Brookstones or Sharper Image or whatever, those, like, those crazy boot ones, they're, like, $700, mm. and they take up a lot of space, and they look kind of ridiculous, so I've never gotten one. But um my my parents actually got me a very compact, convenient foot massager, and it, like, heats up, too, so hopefully it doesn't, Ooh. like, catch on fire or anything. And, um, I don't believe in using the heater in the house. I I just don't like it. It gets too stuffy. So it is always very cold. And, uh, that's my favorite gift.
3: Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Also shows how how old we are. Um, (laughs) I know,
2: but I, okay. To be fair, I've wanted a foot massager since I was like, I don't know, like 18 years old. Like for so, I don't know, just massage things are, are, are obviously nice.
3: Well then that just shows how athletic you are. I would want a hey, massage her just cuz I'm old. Um, <laughs> no, but uh my best uh birth- birthday Christmas Jesus birthday gift. <laughs> Shout out to Jesus. <laughs> Shout out to Jesus. So obviously I like to do photography on the side if anybody follows my um personal account and thus far it's been kind of cumbersome to carry around and lug all of my photography equipment, including different lenses and stuff, mm. as well as uh, the chargers and whatnot. Um, and I had been using this; it was a camera bag, but it's it was like a one strap, almost looked like a duffel bag. And if you're only carrying all that equipment on one arm, it gets pretty heavy, and obviously you're 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 off balance and whatnot. And um, I had been looking for like a different camera bag and you know, these, the kids these days, they're not one strapping anymore. Like we did back in the late nineties. They're, <laughs> they're two strappers for they're sure. Two strapping. They're and um, my girlfriend, did me a solid, my girlfriend did me a solid for Christmas and got me like this really awesome photography backpack that looks like a normal backpack, but inside it has all the different compartments that you would need for your um, gear, your photography gear. And obviously it's a two strapper. So now I'm very happy that I can balance the weight out and, and also, it just, it just helps knowing that uh, it doesn't look like a photography bag, so people wouldn't actually mm. rummage through it. So very happy with my Caden uh, backpack. That's our sponsor Thanks, today. Caden photography backpack. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. And <laughs> heat foot massager. <laughs> um, with that said, we've gone on long enough. Uh, Merry belated Christmas to everybody. And also, by the time you're hearing this, Happy New Year 2019. Can you believe it? It's crazy. That is nuts. Crazy, crazy. It is nuts. And LeBron James is on the Lakers. That is nuts as well, even though his nuts are not okay. <laughs> um, hey, before we get into our show, obviously tonight we're going to be talking a lot about uh, the Lakers sans LeBron. Uh, before we delve any deeper, as usual, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate, interview us on iTunes, because the more you rate, interview us, that's how many air... Not only air guitaring, but air instrumenting. The entire Lakers bench will be doing anytime Lance <laughs> Stevenson hits a three this season. air bass clarinetting, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, if anybody's listened to us since, you know, the beginning, you would know that Alan, Tommy, and I were in marching band. Alan was the drum major. But, Alan, what do you think would be the weirdest and funniest air instrument to do for the Lakers bench?
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I gotta, like, go through the score right now from bottom to top. I think like bass clarinet or like Barry Sax would be hilarious because it's so long. Like your arms, your hands are so spread out from each other. You know what I mean? That's true. That visually just looks like what are you doing? You know, or like a bassoon would be kind of funny, but I think everyone would kind of gather what that is, right? If you're because the instrument's like tilted, a piccolo <laughs> would be hilarious because your hands are so close together. It's the opposite. Like Baritone, you just like look like a little out. flute guy. That would be funny. Yeah, baritone would be funny, too. I don't know. They're all ridiculous. Like, drums would be hilarious. Like, drums make sense. Someone should just get on a drum set one day, (laughs) like, on the bench and just start rocking out. (laughs)
3: I think you're, like, going through the list of literally every instrument. I think they should just divvy up the instruments, make a band on the bench, and that's we're going to have an air (laughs) banding for Lance Stevenson's threes. And if you want to see that happen, obviously, please rate and review us on iTunes. I think we're at uh, at 293. We're so close to 300. Can we get a New Year's miracle and somehow get seven more reviews, get it to 300? it's looking bleak, but I believe in you guys. So please rate and review us on iTunes. And obviously thanks to those who have been doing that recently, or even just creating an iTunes account when they didn't have one just to do. So we really appreciate it. I've done that. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Also, um, if you're in the giving spirit, patreon.com slash the Lakers legacy podcast, thanks to Robert ticks who recently donated, donated at a dollar and became a patron. We appreciate it. Um, Alan, you know, you've been gone for so long that, you know, we haven't had our impressionist. well, we have had our impressionist extraordinaire and Tommy. Um, but in the interim, I've had to do stupid stuff, like come up with my own impressions. Are you ready for which ones I, I picked?
2: Robert Zachary.
3: No, close. Okay, let me, I'm going to do it and you tell me if you can see who it is. Okay, <laughs> ready? Hey, oh man, that's awesome. That's also with a capital A. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm just doing my job, and, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's awesome, man. Awesome with a capital A. (laughs) I want to say JaVale. Oh no no! It, it's Lance Stevenson. I don't know if you watched the game. I forgot what game. Also awesome with a capital um, A. Yeah, it, so on on Spectrum Sports Net, they had a game where they mic'd him up, and that's all he was saying. He was like, "Hey yo, man, that's awesome! That's awesome what the How with
0: capital
2: I do I not A." This? I remember when he was mic'd up.
3: You know you may have uh I'll I'll send you the link later but uh that's yeah. that's Lance Stevenson's phrase. Um this one this next one I have last one and then I swear we're going to go into Lakers talk. This last one's a little harder. That's no, okay. Just kidding. Um <laughs> but here we go. Um <clears throat> I have to get I have to like there's some key phrases that get me into the <laughs> get me into the Yeah, it's the like, have to kind of have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like one of those things, yeah. yeah, for sure. Let me see. Um <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, Coach Bayline taught me that, you know, when I was at Michigan that I just got to be patient and wait for my time. And, you know, I'm starting to hit my shots and the guys are looking for me. And, uh, yeah, they, they've been really boosting my confidence. And, uh, you know, we got the best player in the game, but right now he's hurt and, I, and I've and i been hurt for a little bit. So, you know, it's just about regaining that that confidence, you know. So, yeah, yeah.
2: So so the keyword there was Coach Beeline. Coach (laughs) Beeline. I got that one. There you go. So you have to say his name (laughs) to get into it, right?
3: I don't even know how you – I think it's just Coach Beeline, right, from Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think just the
2: name Beeline is how you end up sounding like Mo Wagner.
3: Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Coach Beeline. (laughs) You
2: just have to move your mouth, like your jaw kind of back and forth
3: it seems like. (laughs) But you also have to sound just a tad bit – Americanized or trying to be American. Yes, kind of like
2: it, so. Spie. Spie is really good at that. You close your eyes and listen to Spie, you're like, okay, that's not what I expected.
3: <laughs> exactly, so <laughs> that's what I was working on while you were away. I'm impressed, man. I'm very impressed.
2: You filled you filled the void adequately.
3: I mean, it's so <laughs> bad, it's good, but then you also, like, <laughs> here and there hear it, so it's like, it works, it works. No, it's good, um, So with that said, let's get into... The Lakers, they are not with LeBron currently because of the groin strain. They had a magnificent win against the Golden State Warriors on Christmas. I mean, that was lit AF as you could possibly get. The whole storyline from them leading by 15 with LeBron leading the charge and then him going down and then Rajon Rondo leading the charge and extending the lead, that was amazing. But it was one of those games where it's like, yes, we won, but at what cost? You know? (laughs) Um, It felt like a loss, dude, in a way. Yeah, I think... We all kind of freaked out a bit because LeBron James has never really gone down with a significant injury or an injury that that made him sit for, you know, weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. And a groin injury is obviously very tricky. It could be technically very, quote, like, quote, unquote, day to day. But really, that's a week to week injury, depending on how your body responds. Right. And it could extend if you come back too early and tweak it in the wrong way. And I obviously, we're getting PTSD from like seeing Steve Nash. Before Steve Nash came to the Lakers, no injuries. Before Carmelo Malone came to the Lakers, no injuries. LeBron James comes. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> Is this going to sure. be one of those things? And then, obviously, Kobe Bryant, when he tore his Achilles, I think that was his age 34 season. And before that, Kobe Bryant had not missed, had not had a, such a significant injury that caused him to miss an extended amount of time. So I was like, uh Oh, is this what's happening with LeBron? Like we have some random injury curse. Um, but luckily just day to day. But like I said, that still could be week to week, depending on how conservative they want to treat LeBron's groin injury right now. Um, yeah. Having said that Lakers are 21 and six, 16. Um, they've lost, they've won one without LeBron, although you probably count the golden state. Warriors game because it looked like they were about to lose that. So let's say they're two and two without LeBron right now.
2: That sounds so much better. I like that. It sounds too. so
3: much better, right?
2: Because technically like, yeah, he went out in the third quarter, you know, but like as you said, we pretty much gave up that big lead on Christmas day and then we came back. But yeah, I'd right. like two and two.
3: So the Lakers are currently six in the Western Conference and it continues to shift like crazy from day, day by day, actually. Um we were around fourth or third, now we're six with the uh, I think in our last ten we're four and six unfortunately. And, you know, not taking care of business against the Memphis Grizzlies at home, losing to the Brooklyn Nets, losing to the Washington Wizards has hasn't set the Lakers up well to uh really take the take the pounding from not having LeBron and adjusting on the fly uh without their master and commander. Um but having said that, Tommy, I mean sorry, <laughs> you've been gone for so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh having said that, Alan, how what have your general impressions been on the Lakers, Sans LeBron? I, I want to also caveat things by saying it has not been easy for the Lakers to lose JaVale McGee amidst all of this before he played against Sacramento Kings. He's been out for like almost two weeks he was or so, out or since week and, Washington. and a half or
2: so. Washington was the first game he didn't play, and that's when things really took a turn for the worst.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um and then the, the push and pull of, of getting Rajan Rondo back and then having him immediately yanked back out because he has a torn ligament in his right hand. That was, that sucked. Uh, but, but I guess first just, uh, your general impression from, and maybe you could give me your emotions from Christmas day to, you know, now.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, for Christmas, I don't know about you, but so we do like a big family thing and <clears throat> there are like 25 people there. We had like two dogs this year And, um, there are some, like, new in-laws and stuff like that, so it was just very difficult to watch the game, and I felt really rude, Mm -hmm. you know, like, socially, just park my butt on the couch and ignore everyone. So, the game was on, and I was paying attention as best I could, but I was extremely distracted, and for good reason. Um, so I recorded the game, and then I watched it at home, like, that night around midnight (laughs) or something, all over from the beginning, just so I could get a, a real idea, um... So even, like, when LeBron went down, it was just weird because I couldn't get super, like, upset and obsessed with what just happened on television because I was talking. You weren't in
3: the moment, yeah.
2: No, not at all, but I was like, oh, my God, like, something happened, and our our friend Victor was texting me and kind of freaking out, but I couldn't just pull out my phone and start texting him. So it was this weird thing where when I rewatched it, that's when it sank in a little bit more, like, eight hours later, um... But yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to lose that game for sure. Um, as optimistic as I wanted to be about the young guys pulling together and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I think not to take credit away from the Lakers because they did play really well, but I mean, Golden State's just in a funk too, right? Like yeah. they, they do not look like themselves. And it does, Tommy said this in our group chat. It reminds me a lot of when the Lakers were coming off of their three-peat and then they lost, you know, against San Antonio in the second round of the playoffs in, uh, whatever, 2003. So, I mean, everything, like, came together in that sense, which was great. Um, but since then, I mean, (laughs) it's just been rough, you know? Like, all of our, like, veteran leadership has been out. And even though those guys are present and they're on the bench and things like that, I mean, there's, there was such a stark difference when JaVale McGee went out with his upper respiratory problem, which ended up, being pneumonia, right? And he was in the hospital. Which doesn't I mean, that sounds awful for a guy who has to deal with asthma too, right? Like sounds like the worst thing ever. Um and thankfully a guy like Zubots, like, really stepped up for several games. Um but it doesn't change like that communication, right? And that last line of defense. And that's why you even see Mo Wagner get some minutes here and there, because he is notorious for being a good communicator, but He doesn't have the lateral quickness. He doesn't have, like, the size. So what are you going to do? Um, And then, just overall, I mean, there have been a lot of ups and downs, right? Like, that Sacramento game when Bogdanovich hit that three was the most, like, crushing thing ever, dude. Um, Up by 15 points, five minutes left in the game. Tyson Chandler gets that lob pass. You're like, okay, like, we got this. And then what do we do? We go to ISO mode. For like three and a half minutes, just hold onto the ball, super tentative, um, and you know we'll get into this later, I'm sure, which is like kind of what was happening last night. I'm like, seriously, like this is deja vu, um, but
3: or deja vu. Pe- no, I'm just kidding.
2: Nice, <laughs> not so much for him yesterday, unfortunately, didn't play at all. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just in in some ways, it's like the last five to six minutes of the game just felt like. The old Lakers, like the last year, basically, just the young guys not knowing how to close games, losing their composure. Um, and it's like so close, you know, but it's like sand slipping through your fingers kind of a thing. Yeah. You're just holding on for dear life. And, but it's inevitable, like it's all going to be gone. And that sounds really bleak, but, um, yeah, besides last night's game, which again, like you, we'll get into that specifically, because that was, like, all the redemption, but uh, prior to that, um, yeah, it was just, it's, like, so weird to go from feeling so comfortable with LeBron, like, how many games above 500 were we, at one point, like, eight games above? It was, like, six or six games or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, dang, like, this feels nice, you know, like, we do our, like, season predictions where okay this stretch of 10 games we're gonna have a six and four record and things like that dude there was one stretch where i was correct nine out of ten times and that's never happened to me nice and so many of them were wins and i just felt comfortable looking at the schedule saying that's a win that's a win that's a win and i will tell you these last few games i've been wrong so many times because i did these predictions before the injuries like and they're all losses so um yeah, just that uh, kind of, like, bipolar feeling is, is not fun.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously the Lakers have gone through a lot this season that we couldn't have anticipated. Injuries are part of the game, but we lost, We, I mean, we had injuries to some of our most crucial players who are kind of helping guide the guys, the young guys, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like if, I feel like if one or two of the young guys had sat, we would have been able to stem the tie just because of the experience on the team. But like you said, when you miss those veteran dudes, it, it changes the entire identity of the team because now the young guys who have kind of, you know, fit into a certain role and kind of understand where they, yeah, where they slide into on a LeBron James-led team or even a Rajon Rondo-led team, all of a sudden have to go back into the mode that they were in last season. They were yep. you know, doing that par- paradigm shift of like, okay, I know my spots now. LeBron's going to get it to me here. And then all of a sudden you see it with Kyle Kuzma, oh, I got to do way more again. And I got to force things. Brandon Ingram, I'll, I'll put this on my shoulder. Put this, all, put this all on my back. And it's like, uh-oh, <laughs> are these guys ready to do that? And we've seen all, with all the turnovers – they're adjusting to going back to that style of play. And like and like you said, it feels like last year because all of a sudden we don't have the safety blanket, the ultimate safety blanket that is LeBron James, right? The ultimate parachute that is LeBron James. And to a lesser extent, but also just as important, Rajon Rondo. Um, and actually JaVale McGee because our entire yeah. defense was predicated around this dude who can just erase shots even though guys get beaten by their man. So yeah, the Lakers are one and two- without LeBron James, it's, 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 it seems when you actually break it down and add perspective, it seems a lot less worse than, than what it actually is. I oh, think the K- the King's game just kind of broke everybody's spirit because it, it felt like, okay, here we go off to the races, young core forever. You know, yeah. <laughs> you take your time, LeBron. And then it, I think all of the good and bad things came out in that game in terms of a young core led mm-hmm. team. in. You know, like we have all the talent in the world, and when we're when we're clicking, we're frenetic. It's crazy. We're killing the other team. We had a double digit lead in that game, right? And yeah. then all the bad things with our young guys came out in terms of lack of lack of composure, undisciplined, um, not putting the foot on the gas pedal, not taking care of business, missing free throws. You know, um, all those came came out um, in all the worst ways, making dumb mistakes in crucial moments, not having that. I mean, they had some clutch moments, but it's it wasn't consistent. Having said that, looking at the last four games with four games or so without LeBron James, it's funny that if we had just won the Sacramento Kings game um, and held our composure, I could say that we would be three and zero outside of a zero to twenty two run to the Clippers. Obviously, <laughs> I'm painting that in a very positive light, but that's really what happened, right? Like, yeah. let's just say we change what happened in Sacramento then really it's just the Clippers game that's the problem, even though obviously there's a lot of holes going on whenever we play the Kings, you know, just a lot of lapses defensively. And I think the biggest issue with the Lakers right now and the young core is they feel they're just trying to out-talent the other team without actually out-executing. You know what I mean? They're just hoping that they get hot and that they can maintain it. And usually because they it doesn't seem like they have a legitimate plan and maybe this goes to Luke, um, That lead when that lead falls apart, they, their only solution is let's try and get hot again, you know. And it's like, mm, no, that's yeah. not gonna work. You got you have to stay consistent on defense as course. well. Yeah, and and their defense has been god awful, you know. And that's what that's why they click. They uh, they kind of snap into that. Let's just get hot from three and hope that carries us, even though our defense <laughs> is bad, you know. And yeah. obviously. Again, they've been without JaVale. So it's, they've had to adjust on multiple different levels. Not only their offensive roles without LeBron, but obviously defensively. And then I don't know how you felt watching Rajon Rondo just absolutely take over that game against the Warriors. But I was like, I think we'll be okay without LeBron. This guy knows how to lead this team and orchestrate the offense. And he's just so smart and savvy that our young guys are talented enough that they just need that one guy to dictate where they should go. And I think we'll be okay. And then Rondo's out for the next month and a half or so. Oh God, here we go. You know, I don't know how you felt about watching Rondo, but.
2: No, I felt very similarly um, that he offers that balance and stability. Right. And it it just comes from him being so intelligent and so seasoned. And it's, it's really that simple, right? Like he's a basketball savant. So God, dude, when he went down, it, w- it was seriously like a, a soul crushing moment, like the epitome of when it rains, it pours kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. I just kept thinking, like, I thought I thought we were over this curse, like over the last four or five years, it seems like that has been the case in so many different ways. And um, because things got off to a pretty good start this year, it's like, OK, cool, like we broke it. And then, no pun intended, like he goes and, you know, tears ligament. Well, I guess it's a really shitty pun, um, because he didn't break his finger. But, um, yeah, it just seemed like this is not supposed to happen this year. Like, this is not our destiny, right? And, um, and it's like four to five weeks too. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. such a freaking long time. It's gonna be like the All Star game, basically, when he can come back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was lit for sure during the Warrior game because he became. I guess we should retire the phrase playoff Rondo, right? Like, that's just Rondo. Like, that's what he does. It's it's not like he chooses when he wants to be extremely effective, but he is very good at, at stepping up in a very large way um, when it's absolutely necessary. So, I mean, that's extremely comforting going forward, but just talking about it now is, like, making me upset because <laughs> I was so excited to see, you know, him back in the lineup because he was out for such a long time. And I was thinking, you know, like, what's this adjustment period going to look like? Is it going to be a little bit rough at first in terms of chemistry and whatever? And then, of course, he balled out. It's like, well, crap, now we have to wait another month to see um, that chemistry develop. And then, again, it's end of January or February or whatever, beginning of February. I mean, the season ends in the middle of April, right? Mm -hmm. So he's going to be back for about two and a half months, and then it's the playoffs. Right. It's like the season is just going to go by so quickly in terms of seeing us at full strength, because for the majority of the season, like I'd be interested, you know, when the season ends, let's see how many times we actually had a healthy roster this year. It's probably like going to be 50 games or something, if that.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overestimating. It could be even less than that, like by that's not.
3: Yeah. That sounds like an overestimation the things yeah, have yeah, gone. Maybe it's more forward. like
2: thirty five or forty games where where we are at full strength. Um and that sucks for this first season.
3: I mean, if if you were to come back for only three games and then go down again, Rondo did it in the best way possible. You oh, know, for, sure. for spinning it. I mean <laughs> he, he pretty much won the Golden State Warriors game for us, uh w went season. down. Yeah. <laughs> so what an impactful three-game return to only leave in, you know for a month and a half. But obviously, we hope Rondo's back uh, in his stead. B.I. has stepped up with some point guard responsibilities. Lonzo Ball obviously has stepped up outside of last night's game, which was a bit disappointing on both ends. Real quick before we get into the other guys and just the, the Sacramento Kings win last night. Um, do you feel like the Lakers, knowing now, how long Rondo's gonna be out and I, th- I thought it was funny that Luke Walton's like yeah I think you know just it's just up to whether he can manage the pain in his right hand or whatever um, and I thought I, th- I was kind of reading into his comment there and I was like Man, Luke Walton, because Rajon, Rajon Rondo can't shoot, right? So from Luke Walton's perspective, maybe he's like, we don't need him to shoot. He just needs to continue to <laughs> dribble the ball and pass. So maybe we can live without him, you know, even using that right hand to shoot. Um, but inevitably, obviously, uh, he's going to get surgery. And, uh, and you know, to his credit, he has been shooting the three ball well when he has been open. Um, so, but with that said, do you feel like in Rondo's absence and seeing how Brandon Ingram has... Uh, it's kind of been an up and down journey with him trying to regain his point Ingram from last year point Ingram duties. Do you feel like the Lakers should maybe go out and make a trade, a smaller trade right now for another veteran point guard who can help sort of, you know, quell the Lakers bench or make it, stitch it together. Um, Do you think they should scour the buyout market or not even the buyout market, even just scour the free agent market right now?
4: Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, here to talk about keeps. So, there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this, you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting, just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair, and you shoot it over, and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you, and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, Plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to to what? To keep your hair. So come on, what are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. The Lakers
3: right now have a full roster, including the two two-way contracts, so they would inevitably need to cut somebody so uh the only candidates right now that i can think of are Zubots, beasley and uh bonga so there's that's another mm. thing to keep in mind i know not right bonga. um but, <laughs> not bonga but having said that some of the free agent point guards who are veterans and you know have even played with lebron james who are out there i'll just name them right now mario chalmers norris cole won won a championship with lebron with the in, uh, in the in the miami heat uh, on the Miami Heat, sorry, um, Jarrett Jack, Jameer Nelson, former Laker Ramon Sessions. All these guys are out of commission right now. Um, given what you've seen and it's been early, are you confident that maybe we can just stem the tide with Ingram be- be- becoming more and more comfortable with the ball handling duties and Lonzo Ball picking up the slack? Or do you feel like, you know, maybe we should just try and get another veteran point guard and because Rajon Rondo's health, we, we just haven't been able to, count on that and who knows what happens maybe when he comes back Lonzo gets injured so uh just your thoughts on the point guard depth and whether you think it's necessary to pick up another guy uh, that can sort of approximate what Rondo can do
2: it's funny how fickle these situations can be because had we not won last night (laughs) I'd be like oh yeah we definitely need a guy but because Brandon Ingram was able to step, step up in such a large way I mean, okay. you could see it in halfway through the first quarter, like very early on. Like, okay, he's looking to make plays. He's distributing his. He's really asserting himself in terms of his his court vision, you know. Um, I mean, now I'm like less inclined, but again, that's just because of one good game. Um, and if Zubots hadn't had that stretch, again, more fickleness, right? Um, if he. We're just riding the bench again through that whole time. Maybe it'd be like, okay, po- he's possibly the guy that you cut. But because he showed so much and you just never know with injuries. Um, now I feel like we should definitely keep Zoo. So, and then we already know Bonga's like the unicorn. So we're never going to get rid of him. Um, so then you cut Beasley, but then Beasley's going through his like, you know, family situation with his mother So that feels awful to do to him. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think a trade would happen. I know we, I know we've discussed that like through our group chat. If anything, it would be like a free agent, as you said, just to fill that void. I'm more inclined to say no, just stem the tide, honestly. Because if LeBron does come back this day to day thing, let's just say within a week and a half or so. Um, I don't think we're going to slide into oblivion.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat at this point. And even if we don't continue to see, you know, vast improvement from Ingram and the other guys, it's kind of one of those sink or swim moments. You just got to let them go through it. And Mm -hmm. even by the time LeBron comes back and let's say the grade we give the young core is a B minus or a C plus. I think that'll still that time without, another mini safety blanket, if we can even call that in another veteran point guard, I think we'll see the dividends of that, you know, once LeBron comes back somehow in the playoffs or uh, towards the end of the season and not to sound cheesy, but I think the struggles will help build character for them, even if they don't do a good job. too. Yeah.
2: For the young guys. Exactly. Like we believe that you guys can get it done instead of, I mean, imagine if you're going to work, right. And you're asked to step up in some type of way and you're given a very, you know, short, opportunity to prove yourself and then you just bring in some random person (laughs) you know if you're currently on the team you're thinking what what the f like we don't need this you know yeah what's those guys are doing (laughs) here yeah and like all the guys that you name like they're not exactly the types of players that you know obviously there aren't any teams that are coveting them right now so yeah what kind of message does that send all the other guys
3: Right. So, yeah, I agree as well. I think they'll just stem the tide without Rondo and hopefully LeBron is back in the next week or so. Um, if there was anyone on the trade market that we could look at, I think the only guy that I've sort of pens- or circled um, would be Jeremy Lin on the Atlanta Hawks because he's just kind of wasting away there. He's actually done a really good job this season kind of helping mem- mentor Trey Young. In only 20 minutes or so, he's averaging like 10 points, four assists, like three rebounds. So he's been really solid obviously former laker. I don't know if I want all that comes with Jeremy Lin cuz I'm a huge Jeremy Lin fan and it's like there's so much tension when he becomes a laker because of all the Lin sanity fans and also the people who hate Lin sanity fans. But just talking on a talking about him on a purely basketball perspective, he would not be a bad um basketball acquisition. Um in lieu of Rajon Rondo's injury, if the Lakers are able to swing a, a three team trade, um, because even when Rajon Rondo comes back, you could still use Lynn in two guard lineups, you know, pre- pretty much he could play, um, he could soak up Lance Stevenson's minutes. Um, but with that said, I don't think they're going to go that route, whether it's trading for a point guard or, you know, trying to sign a free agent with that said, let's just to, to end our show and close our show. Let's just continue to talk about how the young core has done in LeBron's absence. And, um, Let's let's quickly just talk about the Sacramento Kings game last night. Like like you had mentioned, it was an up and down sort of game. It felt like we never really had control. And if it wasn't for KCP going supernova from behind the arc and taking a taking some LeBron James like threes, um, the Lakers wouldn't, he look wouldn't at the have ball had first? a chance. Right? He
2: didn't look at the ball. He didn't
3: though. I? Don't think he did. Man, but <laughs> you know I don't want to discredit anything KCP did. He he was very good for us outside of that shocked in a fool fast break dunk. <laughs> but that
2: was so ugly dude. I was like, "How old are you?" Hey, bro? but he.
3: <laughs> but considering how bad the Lakers' defense was the entire night, the fact that KCP was out there to even be a nuisance and he stripped the ball right on that play, um, he was pretty good for the Lakers on both ends and, like I said, gave them a chance. My my biggest problem with the game, though, is, again, it feels like the Lakers are just trying to out-talent their opponent versus out-execute, and it felt like their entire strategy on in, in the half court was, let's just get hot from three, guys. You shoot a three, I'll shoot a three. KCP will shoot at three and let's just hope it goes in. Or we string together, you know, three out of five, three pointers. Um, yeah. Or, you
2: know, a great example of that we had a two on one fast break with Lonzo and KCP and, you know, KCP had the hot hand. So cool. Two on one. Like you should probably go to the rim, right? Like if it's three yeah. on two. Okay. Yeah. Maybe kick it out to the wing, but KCP runs straight <laughs> to the elbow, dude. And instead of getting a layup, he shoots a three-pointer and he bricked it. And that's a great example, like you said, of like just us trying to get super hot and like shooting the threes as if they count for five points. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. And I think the underlying issue here is that, and that was a transition play, right? But in the yep. half court, it doesn't seem like they have plan Bs or plan Cs to... Mm-hmm invoke any sort of life in their offense outside of well let me just chuck this up you know so thank god for brandon ingram who last night had 21.7 rebounds nine assists one steal two blocks on a very efficient on a very efficient shooting night nine for 13 from the field even hit a very clutch three-pointer at the end there i think in the fourth quarter under four minutes or so he hit like five or seven points in a row including the uh that spin move into the lefty layup, which was, it was like ballet, watching a (laughs) ballet Mm -hmm. move from this long-ass lanky dude. Um, And then obviously the the clutch three-pointer from Ingram. But the biggest thing for Brandon Ingram last night, and Luke Walton mentioned it, just him, you know, instead of isoing to take a bad mid-range jump shot or isoing to hold the ball face up and use up 15 seconds of the shot clock, he was isoing to initiate for other people, right? Nine assists. He said he needs to get back to doing that. Uh, He mentioned right off the bat when LeBron James went out that I got to put this team on my back and we were like, oh no, is that the right thing to do, you know? And Mm. I think it's clear now that for Brandon Ingram, putting the team on on his back shouldn't mean let me just act like I'm KD and chuck up a bunch of shots, you know? It should mean let me... Be an as all around a player as I can be. Use my playmaking acumen, which has envisioned, vision, which has kind of been absent this season, and taken a back seat to oh, Ingram's the the heir apparent to LeBron James, or Ingram is number or is one A to LeBron James, so he's gonna be this elite scorer, and that just hasn't come to pass, you know. Um, it, we need to go back to Brandon Ingram doing all the little things and and being this renaissance. Jack of all trades kind of player. And when he does that and settles in and becomes decisive, you see the you see how different a player, I mean you see how good he can be, and then how that affects the rest of the team. So just your thoughts on Igor the the job he did last night versus, you know, maybe what happened against the Clippers and then, you know, the 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 first Kings game in Sacramento.
2: Yeah, he he was just making like the right basketball plays, right? Um, he was asked several times, you know, Oh, did you go into the game tonight really focused on getting others involved and distributing and things like that? And he's like, No, not necessarily. It was more about just playing the right way. So for him, I feel, and everyone on the team, it's more about that mindfulness, right? Where you don't get that tunnel vision of this is my objective. I'm just going to put my head down and ram through this wall. Um, it's when you, when you see something, whether that's making the pass or asserting yourself and taking the shot, like, just do it. <laughs> you know, just play by the principles that um, are part of the game plan, really. And even though, you know, like you said last night, it was, it was a lot of us jacking up threes and things like that, Ingram was the one guy who was playing very intelligently. And um, I, I thought it was very mature of him as he walked off the court and was talking to Mike Trudell he said he recognizes that he's been too focused on just getting his own. And thank goodness he said that. That shows a lot of self-awareness and maturity. So, you know, we talk about silver linings and blessings in disguise and things like that. This could be one of those things for him as far as his own growth um, with LeBron being out is now he doesn't view himself as, okay, well, LeBron is the guy that's pretty much setting up everybody and I need to be just a score because he's so much more than that. There there's so much more talent and like you said, acumen there. Uh it'll be interesting to see when LeBron comes back if he can maintain that same um like type of play. Mm-hmm. I, I think he should absolutely be able to. Um so yeah, I, I just hope there's like no shift <laughs> at all in his mentality. Like there there shouldn't be this thought of, okay, LeBron's back, so now I have to do blank. It's like, no. LeBron is playing with you, and you need to keep doing exactly what you were doing. And I get it. Like, there's only one ball, but when you have the ball in your hands, just do what you were doing in that one game against Sacramento, and it'll be great. You know?
5: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, So just the thought of, like, the potential there. You have LeBron. You have Kuz, who has really improved his playmaking skills. Right? You have Lonzo, who's Lonzo. And then now you throw Ingram into that mix of a guy who can make plays for others. I mean, now I'm getting all excited, (laughs) right? Right. And uh, yeah, let's just hope that they can keep that up. And let's hope, you know, LeBron, I'm sure is like whispering in his ear constantly because he's sitting right there on the bench with his coffee or maybe there's wine in there or something. But, you know, there's that, shoot, was it against the Clippers or against Sacramento? He was giving Brandon a massage (laughs) on the bench. Against Um, the Clippers, yeah. That's the Clipper game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, it seems like LeBron is like, he really, really likes Brandon. And um, I'm sure after last night, they they had a lot of uh, positive things to talk about. So, yeah, that's how I feel about how things are going with him right now.
3: Yeah, and you know, the Lakers constructed this team to not only be... Or they, they specifically and intentionally constructed a team that's not just shooters or finishers, but playmakers yeah. to surround LeBron James. But I think to start the season off, it's just been Ingram is a scorer, uh, Kuzma is a catch uh, catch and shoot sh- scorer or off ball cutter. But once you introduce this playmaking elements from all of these guys, I think that's more what the Lakers envisioned when they constructed this team, right? Actual playmakers who can also initiate for others and not just score off of, even though obviously they get very good looks from LeBron James, but they can bend the defense in another way and and, um, create for their other teammates as well. So you're getting, instead of just, you know, one-dimensional guys like, oh, Kuzma's going to shoot it, obviously Ingram's going to shoot it, we get guys who... It's like hockey assists galore all of a sudden. And now Tyson Chandler's a scorer as a result of that, you know? Um, So I think that's where the Lakers want to be, a more balanced team versus... These are not just scorers or finishers around LeBron. These are guys who can actually initiate on their own and playmake for others. And when you have, like, all five guys outside of maybe the center who can playmake, that's when you become ultra-lethal and you turn previously mediocre three-point shooters into great three-point shooters because you passed it to the best possible shot and that guy's so open, you know? Um, mm-hmm. With that said, in the four games or so, that, including the Golden State Warriors game that um, Ingram has played without LeBron, he's uh, averaging 18.5 points, five rebounds, 3.3 assists on 48% shooting, which is great, 33% from three, and I believe, I believe... This is Brandon Ingram's fifth straight game with at least one three-pointer. So good nice. job, Brandon Ingram. And his three-pointer last night came at a very timely moment in the clutch. He stepped into it. It looked fluid. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, the only thing he needs to shore up now is the turnovers because he's averaging 2.8 turnovers. And you laugh because I'm going to say free throws. Yeah, you going to say the so, <laughs> other thing. <laughs> I was saving that for last. But obviously, Brandon Ingram, <laughs> all the other guys, it's not just Ingram. Please have the wherewithal to <laughs> just compose yourself at the line and we're not going to stay on this topic. But it's, it, it gets really frustrating because these are plays that should bring you life and give you momentum and it does the exact opposite and deflates the team. And not only that, but
2: I know that's a good point. It's like I'd rather just not go the free throw line.
3: And they're the, they're the ones in the first place complaining to the refs that they should have gotten this call and that call, and then once they get there, the they The refs kill are it. like,
2: hey, we're doing you a favor.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because that whistle stops the motion, right? And usually mm-hmm. the Lakers are, are, are at their best when everything is flowing and things are moving at a high speed. So lakers please it's another part of their growth and maturation as young players too and i know lebron james has not been shooting the shooting well at the free throw line but he's lebron james he at the 10 level on every other skill so he 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 can afford to not be that great at the free throw line these young guys who are still trying to make a name for themselves this is an easy way to continue to solidify your place in the nba you know these are free points that's another thing that i want the young guys to just uh to to be instilled in them, to not take things for granted. You know, every point matters, every free throw counts, every possession matters, you know, and right now they're just leaving so many points at the line by just not having the composure to step up and hit those shots. Uh, With that said, those are Ingram's numbers. Um, Kuzma in, in the last four games is averaging 23 points, eight rebounds, four assists, really good overall numbers. His percentages are pretty wonky right now, but I will chalk that up to, one, he's been forcing it a little bit more in LeBron's absence. I think him just probably having that same mentality that Brandon Ingram had, like, okay, well, I've been the number two guy um, the last month or so, so when LeBron's out, I'm the number one guy. And uh, it's it's produced very topsy-turvy results. He's only shooting 42%, 26% from three, although I will caveat that by saying The last game, he was 0-7 for against the Clippers, so you take out that, and that's what probably in the 30% range, where Kuzma has unfortunately hovered the entire season. He's been very streaky, but luckily, he's shooting 81% from the line, which is good. And he's hit two threes a game. So, in spite of Kuzma's wonky percentages, I will say that because of his floater game and how well he's done in the post and... How amazing he is finishing at all angles! Like, I pretty much call him the power power forward version, shooting f- small forward version of Kyrie Irving when it comes to finishing nice. in the paint, right? Like because that, he actually. has all the flips, he has flip ups. All he knows all the angles. Even if guys are like hitting him and he's absorbing contact, we've
2: kind of said before it's a little Antoine Jameson like, but like less awkward. Antoine right. Jameson was like super awkward, but kind of nice in a way. But now you're right, Kuz is like aesthetically appealing to watch, like Kyrie.
3: Yeah, and because of his proficiency in floaters and, and all that jazz in the paint, he's still shooting in spite of his like 30% shooting from the three-point line. Um, on the season, I believe he's, what, 48% from the field, which is amazing. That That's very efficient. It's, it's just kind of dipped uh, recently without LeBron, and I'm hoping that Kuzma can get back to his typical efficiency and not feel like he has to you know, put on that I'm the number one type guy and continue to balance that out with his own playmaking ability. Last night he had six assists uh, against the Clippers, five assists. So he's still been doing that, but uh, there are a couple of moments where he can still do a better job of finding his, his, uh, yeah, his other guys, particularly Brandon Ingram. Um, And he can also do a better job of cutting down his turnovers as well. Um, Lonzo Ball in... LeBron James' absence in the last four games is averaging 14 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists uh, on 47% shooting, which is amazing. 37.5% from three, hitting 2.3 threes a game. So this is probably one of the best stretches Zo has had all season in terms of him looking for his own shot as well as being efficient and um, you know really getting that three ball to go down. Unfortunately, his free throw shooting is at 37.5% as well, the same as his three-point shooting. <laughs> oh, God.
2: And they Just looked bad last night, then. dude. Just stand at the three-point line for a free throw. It's, it's like exaggerated Nick Van Axel It's fine. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. You know what it is, dude? So I was going to ask you this right before we started recording. God, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Do you follow that guy on Twitter? He's a doctor. He's, he writes for like SP Nation Lakers, I think, but he's like a licensed physical therapist and everything.
3: Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah. So he broke down like a lot of different Lakers, um, like the free throw mechanics and stuff. And one in particular that he mentioned a while back was Lonzos. And he talked about how he doesn't even. Go on his tiptoes when he shoots free throws. He shoots them completely flat footed. And it's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy in the NBA shoot free throws flat-footed before. Um and I think there's a like brief discussion between him and Pete, and they're saying, you know, maybe he's just trying to limit the moving parts as much as possible because mm-hmm. there's so much going on with his stroke. It's like, let's just, again, have you move as little as possible so there aren't as many complications. And, um, you know, you can focus on your release point or the arc of the ball or whatever it is. And I just think that, I mean, I I guess I don't know nearly as much about any of this as anyone, but that just seems so strange to me that you would eliminate your lower body from your shot completely. It's like you're sitting in a chair, right? Um, And when I was at that Clipper game the other day, And I was watching Lonzo warming up in the layup line and all that. And he starts, you know, five feet away from the basket or something. And he's just right under the rim. And he's shooting these, like, really high arcing shots. And they're all going in. There's great rotation on the ball, all that stuff, of course. But he's shooting it flat-footed. And then he takes one step back. Same thing. Another step back to the point where he's, like, 20 feet away from the basket. And he's still shooting these real high arcing shots. Great rotation. But he's shooting him flat-footed, and I'm just—I don't know—I'm I'm kind of confused by it. I'm—I'm I'm intrigued, I guess, but then we're not really seeing the results at all, right? So um, I just thought that was—that was interesting.
3: Yeah, I think everything about Lonzo Ball and shooting is unconventional, <laughs> but at the same time, does nobody tell him this stuff as well? You know, the Lakers mm-hmm. don't have a shooting coach. It's been much publicized that they don't have a shooting coach, but. Yeah, they just need to tweak some things with, with Lonzo Ball at the line. Um, also, the guy you're talking about is Dr. Rajpal Brar at 3CB Performance. So there you go. Credit to him. He's a great follow. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, especially in light of the, the recent injuries <laughs> that we've been getting. Um, but yeah, Lonzo Ball 0-4 from the line last night. But outside of that, you obviously got to see him up close and personal uh, at the Clipper game. And he, he has had some really good games these these last few like I said last night, I didn't mind the benching of him in the fourth quarter, especially yeah. with KCP. Yeah, and and I feel like he he was just out of sorts and he, he wasn't bringing the same intensity and effort that he typically does on both ends. And he wasn't as engaged as, as he typically was as well. Um, he did hit a, th- a three-pointer in the fourth quarter, so so that was great. But um, but yeah, I, I didn't mind the KCP and Josh Hart swapping there in the fourth Um but yeah, outside, outside of that, against the Clippers, nineteen point six assists, five rebounds. Um, that crazy behind the back pass to Tyson oh, Chandler off that the the scramble, right? Um, that is Lonzo Ball at his finest. He's a he thrives when he thrives on chaos, you yep. know, and he can make chaos turn into something beautiful and artistic. Uh, he is he is a what, what's it called um, an abstract painter in that nice. sense. Um, against <laughs> He's the Sacramento Picasso Kings, of the NBA exactly. <laughs> That's what his jump shot looks like as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, against Sacramento, 20 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds. Had a triple-double, then didn't. JaVale McGee was mad. Um, 4 for <laughs> yeah. 6 from 3, 8 for 13 from the field. So, all in all, Lonzo Ball, I think, even in, in the whole month of December, has just been more aggressive. Even though he still he still has these really ugly layup attempts, at least he's taking those and... At least now he's making them, making some as well, even if it's like one for three, one out of every three or whatever, you know? Uh, he tried to jam it down really hard last night, didn't work out, but that's the type of Lonzo Ball we want to see versus, oh, I'm at the three-point line, let me try and get hot. Oh, it's not working, okay, I'm invisible for the rest of this game on offense, you know? So just your quick thoughts on, on how Lonzo Ball's done in spite of last night and uh, just the, the continued inconsistencies.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you pretty much hit it <laughs> on all heads, Um I do like the fact that he's aggressive. That that's like the biggest thing. Um He's just so interesting, dude. Um The layup thing, I mean, I'm not trying to be like all negative and stuff, but the things that stand out just just like his behind the back pass to Tyson Chandler on that near turnover um stands out in a big way, his his mistakes and his errors stand out kinda of like just as much. You know? So when he's missing these like wide open layups where he's all alone under the basket. And I know you've tweeted this. I know Pete has talked about it. Like everybody talks about it. He's the guy that can do calculus and um, he, he's really good at like physics and things like that. And yet he'll lose to you in tic-tac-toe.
3: Lonzo's the dude that, that can solve the space time continuum, but can't order takeout. <laughs> has no idea how to order takeout. <laughs> yeah, but continue. So good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean that's it and it just stirs up like all these different kinds of things in my mind, you know. So ultimately though, he's been a plus.
3: Correctable though.
2: For sure. You if you can learn these things, it's and I think the one thing that is important to remember is the guy didn't play the entire off season, you know. Mm-hmm. So for us the off season is you know half of April, May June, July, August, <laughs> September. That's a long time. And here we are, like, three months into the season. That's still a shorter amount of time than a full offseason is. So, in that way, like, he's still playing himself back into things. And when you consider that, and I don't think that's, like, giving him so much benefit of the doubt, you know? And he's just coming off his rookie year. It's not like he's been in the league for three or four years now either, and the rookie year was rough. So... It's 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 just such a bummer that he missed the whole off season with that knee, um, but yeah, to see his progress over the last few weeks or so has been very um encouraging for sure, and I, I think for him, he does get a little bit of kind of tunnel vision as well, but mm-hmm. it, it's like when he's dead set on having a good, impactful game. That's his version of Tunnel Vision. And then he's great. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's the complete opposite in other games where he's just out there. And I don't know what it is. Like, it, it's it's very strange. <laughs> I'm not going to try to guess and, like, get inside his head.
3: I mean, he's one of those players who, ha- when he has a really good game, and he's, he's kind of firing on all cylinders. It looks amazing. When he has a bad game, and this this includes his shot mechanics, it is the ugliest thing you've ever seen. You know, if, if you just kind of like gave someone who's never watched basketball before a bad highlight game of Lonzo <laughs> and a good highlight game, <laughs> they would be two completely different players. Like, he is yeah. the epitome of kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Yeah. Hyde, you know, it's like, does this guy, why is this guy playing basketball? You'd say on one end. And then the next end is like, wow, this guy's like a 13 year vet, right? He's <laughs> like, no. yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's funny. And in spite of that, look, I mean, the one constant, I think for Lonzo thus far, at least is, you know, the defense and um, Yo, sure. bringing that intensity, causing havoc on the other end and uh, just having that energy to help the Lakers get those turnovers that they, so greatly covet that gets them out and trend to transition and all that jazz. So, Lonzo Ball, very correctable. Um, I've just overall just liked his aggression, um, and that's going to pay dividends down the line, especially when LeBron James comes back. And right now, we're seeing the balls in his hands a lot more, and he's able to actually initiate and play make off his own dribble. Even that's going to help as well, you know, where Lonzo Ball can be reminded that. Oh yeah, when LeBron James comes in, I know I'm typically relegated to just becoming a spot-up shooter or cutter, but I can still, just giving him the feel again for becoming a point guard, I think will help him to, uh, I guess, be a little more intentional even when LeBron James comes back to do those certain things, those point guardy things that we know Lonzo Ball can do, right? So I think it's like a learning process for all of these guys because... One, they had to meld their identity to fit LeBron at the start of the season. Now we're entering this phase where it's like, okay, well, what are we? Who are we without LeBron? And when LeBron comes back, oh, we learned some things while he was gone. Can we integrate that now to the first half of the season when we did play with him, you know? And that should hopefully help our guys become better-rounded individuals who have a better sense of their own identity, but also help our team as well become more versatile and, you know, deadly. Um. To close our show, Alan, let's just quickly talk about uh, Ivica Zubac. I know he had a DNP last game, but you got to give it up to the kid for, you know, the whole season. Uh, everybody had given up on him. We saw the Croatia highlights in the summer, and then we we're like, man, this guy looks slow AF still. he His hands, butterfingers, can't catch balls. Um, and then the Golden State game, or, you know, even before the Golden State game, in JaVale McGee's absence, uh, 16 points, 11 rebounds against Anthony Davis, um, getting a block on Julius Randle um, against Memphis. 19 points, four blocks, and obviously the biggest one, Golden State game. 18 points, 11 rebounds, two blocks. They were going to the post intentionally just so they could exploit that mismatch against Golden State small ball. You know, so give it up to Zubats for stepping up to the plate and. I guess, what have you seen that's been different from the slow-oafing Zubats that we thought we had when we saw, you know, preseason?
2: Yeah, well, he definitely knows, like, the right place to be (laughs) on the floor. Mm -hmm. And that was so apparent. Like, he and LeBron had incredible chemistry with one another on the pick and roll. Um, Yeah, he just, he knows how to, like, find that space. He knows how much to to hesitate and kind of lag behind the play as the guy with the ball is driving. And um, his hands, <laughs> right, are, like, like cat-like. He, he's holding on to the ball with no problems at all. Even when he, like, fumbles it a little bit, he, he gets it back. So, and, like, okay, well, what did you do to work on that? Like, I, nothing. Like, it's all about confidence, you know, and, and not getting too freaking excited. Like, oh, I caught the ball, you know, and you fumble it away. And, and similarly to Lonzo, he was dealing with, like, some really weird sickness this offseason. I don't even know what it was, right, but right, yep. he was very ill, and that's going to take a toll that he like lost a lot of weight because of that, actually. So obviously you're going to lose strength as well. Um So he's just playing himself back into shape at this point, and that stretch that you just mentioned, that series of games, I mean, that's the best we've ever seen him, period. And yeah. it's just like... It's pretty crazy how it must have been very challenging for him sitting on that bench for these last two months, just watching, you know, a guy like Mo Wagner get in the game before him. Or even like, like Jonathan Williams, <laughs> you know, like seems like he was showing more promise at certain points. Um, and he clearly stayed engaged through it all. And when that window of opportunity was there, you know, he busted right through it. So, yeah, good on him, man. That's awesome. It was, it was really great to see all the tweets from like the former young core. Um, you got Larry Nance oh, yeah, yeah. tweeting my son. You got Jordan Clarkson tweeting and all kinds of stuff like that. So, and it was on like the biggest stage ever on Christmas freaking day, prime time. Um, even though, you know, he was killing it before that. So, um, without LeBron though and without Rondo, I, I, I think it is a little bit more difficult for him, um, to be as effective, especially I mean yep. that's the case for anybody, right? So it'll be interesting to see what goes for what happens going forward because now we got Jabail back and then you got Tyson down there, so it's like where does he fit in? Last night it's okay that he got the DNP. Honestly, it's because Sacramento kept going small whenever Willie Cauley Stein was out of the game, so um, that's why Jonathan Williams got a couple minutes here and there and not Zoo. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how he uh, kind of fits in when we have some of those other big lineups that we're going against.
3: Yeah, now he's used to having not played a game and then having to start the next game sure, and yeah. stepping up to the plate. So, you know, resiliency is the name of the game for Ivica Zubats, and right now for the entire team to just stay resilient, which is what they did last night against that the Sacramento Kings. And we're hoping for however long LeBron James continues to sit out, that they maintain that resilience and stay engaged Um Take care of business when they have victory in the grasp of their hands, you know, when they have those double digit leads and make a goddamn free guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think if they do all those things, they're going to win. You know, I'm a basketball savant. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> hey, but you know, if it's a Zubats in, in the last four games or so, not including the DNP, 10 points, 6.3 rebounds, 1.3 blocks. I think that's the other thing, right? He has been surprisingly. Pretty good on defense and the verticality stuff. Um, he's still not super laterally quick or anything like that, but as good as he is in terms of knowing where to be on offense and finding that space, it seems like he's that way as well on defense. You know, n- knowing where to be to just deter the shot and actually not get the foul call as well. So good on Ivica Zubac. Um, thank God Josh Hart is is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so refreshing to see Josh Hart. You know, bust through that. It seems like he's been hitting a, a bit of a wall recently and, and right, kind of right. resorted back to just being like, Maybe I'm just a role player after all. And then last night it looks like Josh <laughs> Hart could I can be a starter, you know? Let me remind people. You know, he's hitting clutch threes. That that last play that last drive into the lane where he had three Sacramento Kings so all over sick. him. I mean, that's Josh Hart at his best, right? And yep. again he needs Josh, that contact. Absolutely. And I think Josh Hart is a microcosm of the entire team finding themselves without LeBron. And you just hope that that kind of happens with everybody so that when LeBron's back, you just kind of snap him back into place. And wow, these guys have grown tremendously in just the last few weeks. So uh, Josh Hart in this last stretch, 14 points, 4.5 rebounds, two assists. And check out these percentages. 51% from the field, 43% from three, 71% from the free throw line. Hitting 2.13s a game, so good on Josh Hart.
2: Nice.
3: Can't can't leave out KCP. 13 points, shooting 43% from three. We are in that moment that that very uh, not I wouldn't say rare moment, Alan, but we're in that KCP hot stretch that we need to take advantage <laughs> of. You know, it, we need to get some wins here because we don't know when that's when it's going to yeah. go Wesley Johnson downhill from there. Um, <laughs> and then Lance Stevenson, nine points, born ready, shooting 50% from three. makes a game, what a refreshing development it's been to see Lance Stevenson this season become a reliable catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, right? Uh, uh, It's not a development I saw coming, but I think his his stroke has just looked pretty wet, even when we saw those off-season workout videos, and now we just see it translating over to the regular season, and credit to Lance, credit to the coaching staff or whatever, telling him to stop dribbling as much and just... Why don't you just focus on being a catch and shoot three point shooter? Because that's what we need right now. And him kind of following suit and doing less swaggy P type three point
0: shooting. (laughs) I mean, he still does that. He just got weighed by the Nuggets.
3: Right. You got (laughs) to give him some of that still because that's part of who Born Ready is. But more often than not, he's just been a good spot up shooter, which is great. So 40% or 50% actually from three um, over this last stretch. It's like our free throw
2: percentage as a team.
3: That is true. Lakers still obviously last from the free throw line. And and speaking of New Year's resolutions, that's our biggest one for the Lakers. And uh, getting everybody healthy, right? I don't know if you have anything to add.
2: Nah, man. Just health. (laughs) Really. Yeah,
3: just health. Yeah, who cares about the free throw shooting? We were like third in the, fourth in the West, even with that. So (laughs) yeah, I wonder (laughs) what the lowest free
2: throw percentage as a team is all time. (laughs) I wonder if we can get that.
3: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm I'm sure the Lakers are kind of teetering close to that. But, uh, oh, gosh. But, yeah. With that said, happy new year, everybody. Alan, happy new year. Happy um, new year. Lakers play against freaking Paul George uh, on Wednesday. Oh, uh, we'll see if they can eke out a win there. If not, you know, LeBron James, get well, come back soon. And, uh, hey, it's, it's still lit. If they could just stem the tide, it's still lit.
2: <laughs> it is lit, dude, because we won last night. If it weren't, <laughs> would have yeah, been right. doom and gloom Oh yeah, for this sure. would be an
3: entirely different podcast if we hadn't won last night. With that said, thank you guys for listening. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate interview us at iTunes. Help us get to three hundred reviews. Um, and if it's a Zubats, let's close it out real quick.
2: Hello, uh, it's been uh, quite some time since I have come on here, but uh, you know I just cherish opportunity to play for Laker. Uh, I know there's a picture on uh, Instagram of me sitting in classroom and I have a Laker shirt on. So, you know, I have all the jersey, I have an action figure, I have the fat head on my wall, I have all the basketball trading card, uh, I have big stuffed animal Kobe Bryant <laughs> that I sleep with every single night. It's my body pillow and, um, yeah, I just uh, I love Laker and uh, the DNP okay, but... Um, uh, Yes.
3: You know like Coach Beeline taught me, Zoo, that uh, you just got to stay patient, you know? And uh, you've, been bl- you've been balling out. And uh, you can't hit threes like me, but, you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like All I right. can
2: impersonate your Mo Wagner better than <laughs> I can impersonate Mo Wagner himself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe just, just, just play off of that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, new year, new impressions. Uh, stay tuned to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Peace out talent
1: Let base Let's say you just bought a house. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.
5: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of support